Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Nehemiah loved God, and he loved God's interest on earth concerning his economy. This interest included the good land, the temple, and the city of Jerusalem, all of which Nehemiah loved. Even though he was a common person, without a rank such as that of a king, or of a captain in the army, he took care of God's interest on the earth. This is Matt Miller with Ed Marks for an encouraging look at Nehemiah, a leader in the Lord's recovery. Ed, thank you for joining me for this particular program. Well, Matt, I feel this is a very special program because in this program we will see the person of Nehemiah. And like you said, Matt, he was a person who loved God, He loved God's interests in those days were related to the good land, the temple, and the city of Jerusalem. In typology, that means we need to love the Lord Jesus with our whole being, and we need to care for him as the reality of the good land, experience him with all his riches. And all of our experience and enjoyment of him is for the building up of the temple, which is the body of Christ as the house of God, and the building up of the city which is the church as the kingdom of God. So we all want to follow Nehemiah's pattern to be a person who loves God and loves God's interests. You know, uh, Ed, I've said this before. Witness Lee called these two books, Ezra and Nehemiah, the recovery books of the Bible. And today uh, we're touching the last printed life study message of Nehemiah. So we're finishing the recovery books. Actually, we're going to come back tomorrow and do a wrap-up of Ezra and Nehemiah do a kind of a concluding program, but this is a really good program today to see how the Lord uses this kind of person. He's a common person, just a cupbearer to the king. He wasn't in the royal lineage like Zerubbabel. He wasn't a priest like Ezra was, but we're going to really see something special about Nehemiah today. So let's go to Life Study Message number 5 from Nehemiah, which was originally spoken by Witness Lee on December 30th, 1994, when he was almost 90 years old. And we're going to see the first important characteristic of Nehemiah of the six that we're going to see in today's program. The three leaders of the returned captivity was Zerubbabel, of the royal family, Ezra, of the priesthood family, then Nehemiah, of a common family. Nehemiah, he didn't have a high profession. He was a house servant, but that was the palace of the top king, of the big 
empire of Persia. And at his time, the king whom he served, I do believe this Persian king was the greatest among the many kings of Persia because he reigned at least for 20 years. You could enter into this unique house to bear the cups for the host. You must have some particular special characteristics. Otherwise, he could not enter into such a palace to be a servant three times a day serving him and you must be one who is very loving in your behavior, in your attitude. You must be very sweet. She must be very, very sweet. A cup bearer of the king eventually that king appointed the cupbearer a governor of Judah. Think about it. Yeah, I think this is a good place to stop and talk about this first characteristic of the kind of person he was. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of the backdrop of this person, Nehemiah? Well, Matt, this is a very important characteristic for someone to be used by the Lord for his interests. And that is this, that Nehemiah was a pleasant person with a proper attitude and behavior. The Lord cannot use us if we're not filled with joy, the joy of the Lord. That's why a lot of people, when they talk about Nehemiah, they like Nehemiah 8 verse 10, where it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's a big verse in Nehemiah. And it's important that as believers, every day we are filled with the joy of the Lord and that we're joyful people. You know, at the end of Watchman Nee's life, one of his final letters uh, that came out of prison, he wrote to someone when he was imprisoned by the communists, he said, I've learned how to maintain my joy. Hmm. So we need to be these kind of Christians who are filled with the joy of the Lord. You know, firstly, Matt, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. Even though Nehemiah was not of a royal lineage in the Hebrew lineage or from a kingly family, because of the dignity in his person, from really enjoying God, from God being his joy. He was really a happy person. He was a happy person, and he had to be a very trustworthy person. The king's cupbearer was the wine taster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made sure that there were no impurities in that wine so that the king... Nobody's poisoning the poisoned. king. So he's a very trustworthy person. And Matt, it's very significant in Nehemiah 2.1. Uh, Nehemiah says, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. And he said, I had never been sad in his presence. Wow. So this really touched the king. Of course, when the king saw that Nehemiah was sad that one day, it touched him because Nehemiah was filled with joy. The reason Nehemiah became sad was because of the deplorable, degraded situation of the children of Israel who had returned, you know, to build up the temple. But again, uh, Matt, coming back to this point, we need to be filled with the Lord's presence freshly every day. 
You know, I was just reminded in Psalm 42, there's two verses there. It's verses 5 and 11, where the psalmist talks about the salvation of God's countenance. The Lord's countenance is really his smile. You know, so every day we need to spend some time with the Lord where we read his word, where we pray, where we pray over his word, where we spend personal time with him to have intimate fellowship with him, and we have his smile. We have his presence. We have his countenance. Then, you know, Psalm 42, it's interesting, Matt, at the end of the psalm, the psalmist says that God is the salvation of my countenance. You see, so when we enjoy the Lord's presence, not only does his countenance become our salvation, but he saves our countenance. We become people of joy with an uplifted countenance, with a smile on our face. Why would anyone want to be a believer if they looked at us and we were sad? and downcast, and bitter. You know, so we need to pray, Lord, I want you to be my joy today. I want you to be my happiness. I want you to be my enjoyment. Uh, Romans 14 says that one of the signs of living in the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, it says the kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to live in the kingdom We need to live in the Lord's joy every day, and then this will make us very useful to the Lord for his interests. Wow, Ed, that's a really uh, critical word. Uh, The last program I did with Francis Ball, we talked about this matter of Nehemiah brought in the singers, the Levites, to bring in the rejoicing and the singing before they cleansed and purged the temple because it's hard to go through the purging if you're not enjoying and rejoicing. So just to underscore what you're saying, this matter of enjoying the Lord is critical. Exactly, Matt. And just consider Paul when he writes Philippians. Here he is in prison, and yet his word to the Philippians is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because it's the joy of the Lord in the midst of our trials and circumstances that magnify the Lord and express the Lord and make the Lord very attractive to others so that they want Christ the way we do. I like your application of Psalm 42, Ed, that our enjoyment and our happiness isn't something from self-help books, but it's really something that comes from the Lord's countenance. From our time with the Lord, we become happy people. Why don't we go on to the next three characteristics with Nehemiah? These are really critical. Stay with us. I know it'll be worth your time. This one, Nehemiah, he loved God. He loved God. And he loved God's interest on this earth. The good land, the temple, the state of Jerusalem, these are the interests of God on this earth concerning God's economy. The king, the counselor, the captain of the army, these are big ones, high ones. They should take care of God's interest. This is a common one. Very particular. Then what? He always prayed to God, to contact God, in the fellowship with God. You know, when he heard the news about Jerusalem, about the people there, how they suffered, how Jerusalem was just broken into pieces, after listening to that, He wept and he prayed. Eventually, burdens came upon 
his shoulder from God. He trusted in God. He used to say, the good hand of my God was upon me. Oh God, have mercy. Oh God, remember me. He was a person trusting in God. So, no doubt, he was a person one with God. It's hard for God on this earth to get such a person. Common, the profession very low, yet loving God, loving God's interest, praying for God's interest, contacting God, and trusting God, and made one with God. Nehemiah loved the Lord, he always prayed, and he trusted in God. Ed, I know these three characteristics are probably the most vital in this program, and you have a lot of feeling about them, so I'm just going to hand you the mic right now. Take as much time as you, you have for this burden on this point. And, Matt, this is very insightful to see, again, that firstly, Nehemiah was a pleasant person who was full of joy in his attitude and behavior. He was a person of dignity and weight because he enjoyed God. God was his joy and his happiness. Then the second thing we see is that Nehemiah was a person who loved God. He loved God's interest, which means he loved the good land, he loved God's temple, and he loved God's city. In these last days, you know, Second Timothy is really Paul's final word on this earth to Timothy, who could be considered his spiritual son. If you look at Second Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, it says that in the last days men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. This characterizes the world, Matt. What people in the world, what do they love? They love themselves, they love money, and they love pleasure. But Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, again, these are the first five verses, which are quite marvelous. He said we need to be another kind of lover, and that's lovers of God. So in this degraded world, and even in the degradation of the church, we need to give ourselves to love God. We shouldn't be lovers of self. We should be those who deny ourselves and love God take God as our life, our person, and our everything. We shouldn't be lovers of money. We need to love God and realize that God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is our money. He is our real riches. He is our real wealth. And we shouldn't be those who, not lovers of self, not lovers of money, not lovers of pleasure. We need to realize that when we contact the Lord and enjoy the Lord, he is our real pleasure, and he's our real happiness. So we need to be like Nehemiah, love God, and also love God's interests on this earth, which again is the good land, uh, the temple, and the city. And again, the land signifies the all-inclusive Christ for our enjoyment. The temple signifies the church as the house of the living God, and the city signifies the church as God's kingdom. Then the third characteristic, Matt, which Brother Lee covered, is we have to be a person who prays to contact God in fellowship with God. And it is very striking when you look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a very aggressive person, 
Nehemiah was a very active person, but Nehemiah didn't do anything without praying first. Great point. Yeah, and everything that Nehemiah did, he saw something. If he saw something that concerned him, he prayed about it. Before he did anything, he prayed about it. Matt, let me just read you one verse. There's a number of verses, but just to give you an illustration of this, in Nehemiah 1, verse 11, Nehemiah says, he says, I beseech you, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who take delight in fearing your name. It's very marvelous. He said, and cause your servant to prosper today and grant him to find compassion before this man. And then he points out that he was the cupbearer to the king. But you can see that Nehemiah prayed. And I like when he said, He said, listen, be attentive to the prayer of your servants who take delight in fearing your name. You know, Matt, in the Bible and in the Old Testament, it says we should fear the Lord. Not only should we love him, but if we love him supremely, spontaneously, we will fear him. And to fear the Lord doesn't mean we're afraid of the Lord. It means that we revere the Lord. We have a reverence for him. We have a respect for him. We have a regard for him and that we honor him as our Lord and our head in everything we do. What this means practically is that before we do anything, we consult with him. We fellowship with the Lord. We talk to the Lord because we don't want to do anything apart from the Lord. This should be something in our daily life. When we have choices to make in our daily life, we should always consult with the Lord and talk to the Lord and seek his counsel and everything. Then the fourth characteristic is Nehemiah was one who trusted in God and who was one with God. And, Matt, this is just uh, an outflow of the previous characteristics. If we're a person, number one, who enjoys God, then we become a person full of joy and we're radiating with Christ as a pleasant person for people to see Christ. If we're a person who loves God and loves God's interests, if we're a person who has intimate contact with God and fellowships with God and everything and regards God in Christ as our head and our Lord, then spontaneously we'll be one who trusts in God for everything, and we will be one with God, and we will be the representation of God on this earth. Actually, this is the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a group of people who were one with the acting God, and if you look at the book of Acts, all the acts of the apostles came out of their prayer. In the same way, All the things that flowed out of Nehemiah for God's interest came out of his prayer. And we need to be the same kind of people. Ed, I'm thoroughly impressed by this life study program today, and we've still got two more characteristics. I'm sitting here thinking this may be the top life study program I've ever heard, and it's in the book of Nehemiah. It's so all-encompassing. These points are so critical. Stay with us uh, for the last two points. Uh, This is quite impressive. Now, coming to his relationship with the people. You could see he was altogether not selfish. There was no selfish seeking. He got eventually the high position, the governor of Judah. Actually, that was the acting king of Judah, representing the king of Persia. He was the acting king than high, but he never sought anything for himself. 
he was all the time willing to sacrifice for the people, for the nation. He didn't like to increase the burden to the people. He didn't take his compensation for 12 years because he realized the building of the wall, the burden was too heavy upon the people. Not only he didn't take compensation for 12 years, yet every day he fed 150. Also, he supplied the food to so many visitors from other tribes. All the people were there busy to build the wall. Who had the time to take care of the visitors? She took up the responsibility. Not only so, listen, in the fighting, in the war, I say, Lord, this is the head of the nation. He should go home. Uh, leaving all the fightings to the people. He didn't. Rather, he stayed with the people. Think about it. The most striking thing to me, with the judge, everyone married many wives. In Nehemiah, there's no word concerning his marriage. But I believe he had only one wife. He never indulged in a sexual lust. Ed, these last two characteristics are really a capstone to Nehemiah. He was not selfish, and he did not indulge in the lust, uh, the sexual lust. This could make him the top leader probably in the history of all the leaders who've ever lived. What an impressive example for the believers today. Nehemiah is really a tremendous pattern here. And, uh, and Matt, these last two points are very particular. Number one, Nehemiah was an unselfish person. He cared for God's interests, and he cared for God's people. And, and Matt, as believers in the Lord, we need to care for our fellow believers, and we need to care for people. You can see from reading Nehemiah that he didn't just tell people to do things. He did them. When the wall had to be protected and they had to stay up all night to watch for the enemies, Nehemiah didn't just tell people what to do. He was there with the people, laboring with them. And instead of exacting things from them as the governor, he actually fed people. He invited people to his table. 150 people. Yeah, and Matt, as believers, when we're the most happy is when we're taking care of other people. Even to open our homes up to other believers for a meal, have some people over and have fellowship with them over the things of Christ and read the Bible together with somebody in your home and take care of other people and feed other people with Christ. We need to be unselfish in this way for God's interest. And then, Matt, the last point of not indulging in sexual lust, we always need to be aware of this. You know, Matt, one of the things that preserved Billy Graham through the years, and he even said this publicly, was, you know, he was always very careful about contacting someone of the opposite sex. And we need to be careful to never be in a situation where we're alone with a member of the opposite sex, you know, where there's always someone else there, and we're never in a closed room with someone of the opposite sex. 
we shouldn't trust ourselves in this way. You know, regretfully, servants of the Lord, because they didn't realize this, they had a fall. And we don't want this to happen to any of the Lord's children. And Matt, just to reiterate these six points, uh, number one, a man of God, he's a pleasant person with a dignified attitude and behavior. Number two, he's a person who loves God, loves God's interests. Number three, he's a person who prays to contact God, who's in fellowship with God. Number four, he's a person who trusts in God, who's one with God. Number five, he's an unselfish person. And number six, he's a person who stays away and doesn't indulge in lust, which can damage uh, his humanity for God's interest. So we need to flee from youthful lust and pursue Christ with one another. Well, we've run out of time, Ed, but thanks for coming in and being with me for the program today. We also thank you for joining us. And on behalf of Ed Marks, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org slash ePublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.